0: Another episode of the Secret Origins of Mint Condition. I am one of your hosts, James, and this is a sports edition. So I am sitting at the Mint Condition Sports Desk, and if I'm sitting at the Mint Condition Sports Desk, I'm sitting with our expert Mint Condition uh, Sports panelists. So I'd like to welcome Joe. Good day, folks. And Chris.
1: Hi there. I'm so excited for this promotion that I've gotten that comes with a race. This is great. And the desk yes. is beautiful, James. Thank you for building this for us.
0: Oh, uh, absolutely. The desk, you know, we're, picture a glass thing with like a lots of screens behind us and everything. It's uh, just, it's, it's, oh, it's
1: odds. I mean, couldn't ask for more resources. Really just couldn't.
0: <laughs> absolutely. So, so um, we're, we are, we are we sports is back, everybody. We, uh, I know we took a little hiatus after all the uh, pre-Super Bowl uh, games leading up into, leading up to the Super Bowl. And then we have uh, taken a little break on sports, but we're back. So uh, I'm going to throw it to uh, Chris. What what would you like to uh, start with our reintroduction to sports today? Sure. Uh,
1: well, we got a couple of things. I know we're going to be we're going to be talking about, um, and then there's a, sort of a big thing we'll get to later. So let me start with some of I think maybe the, some of the smaller stuff. And by smaller, I just mean I have less to say about it. Um, and and of course, welcome input from from both of you. But I thought we'd start. Sort of, uh, and it's also we're going to start in a bit of a bit of a positive direction here. Um, I kind of want to talk about soccer a little bit. I do not I, p- disclaimer. I don't watch soccer. Um, there's a lot I don't understand about soccer, but it was a headline that caught my attention because I think it's something we we see across all sports, and so it's 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 a positive step that the that soccer the world of soccer is taking. I'd like to see. Um, you know, I'd like to see some of the other, uh, leagues do it too. So, uh, and this is, I think it was as of last month, because James said we took a little hiatus, so we're back now, but, uh, we're a little behind the U S soccer Federation board of directors, uh, passed a preliminary resolution banning discriminatory chanting as it relates to U S S F hosted events. Um, it's basically them banning anti-gay and homophobic chants, though it covers all discriminatory chants um i think that's i think that's great i think it's a step in the right direction i think it's i think it's where we we need to be going unfortunately uh you know it's a mob mentality it can turn ugly um and also it's just uh even if it doesn't quote turn ugly in terms of apparent aggression um you know there are people in those stands who are hearing this chant and and it's meant in these these different chants they're meant in mockery i can tell you that um you know that devil's games we had a uh, chant about the Rangers and the Flyers and uh, and at the time that I was chanting it, it was it was easy to go yeah you know it's funny it's a joke but it's like no there's I mean there's some there's some nastiness underneath there and and um and that's what we consider it as being funny but but that's not okay and then um, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast episode that um you know I was at a Giants game and uh, we we were about to bounce the Cowboys to to go on our playoff run. Uh, for the for the 2000 2012 Super Bowl 2011 title sorry and uh and you know uh, Tony Romo was a quarterback and a guy decided he was going to start chanting Tony Homo hmm. and he was going to try and get the rest of the crowd into it and uh and I was telling him to cut it out and he got up and started heading my way security came down and, and stopped him but he decided he was gonna he decided he was gonna fight me because I was trying to stop him from starting a homophobic chant and uh you know that stuff has no place in the game. We say we're welcoming for all, but we're not—not not if we allow that kind of garbage. And I think there needs to be more than just like a gentle rebuke. So I was so I was really really glad um, to see the USSF uh, uh, board of directors um, sort of sort of start shutting that down. So um, I thought that was a step in the right direction. I don't know if either of you guys watch soccer or, or, or have any, any thoughts about that. So again, a little bit of information, but step in the positive direction. I'm, I'm glad to see it.
2: No, I am too. I think that's good. I mean, uh, I've, I've been known, I think I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, like when I almost was thrown out of Yankee stadium. (laughs) Sure. When it it comes to to Derek Derek Jeter's defense. Right. But um, yeah, I've been known to uh, uh, say four little words and uh, get involved in some of the chants no, there were never anything like homophobic chants, but there's the classic Boston Sox chants that still goes around Yankee Stadium. And they say some nasty things about the Yankees up in right, Florida Park. Right, and, and the only problem I have with that now is I am an adult, <laughs> is that, you know, there are children around. And so, yeah, you, you, you know, you, you have a beer in you and you start taking your, your, your team and your sport seriously. You start yelling obscenities and you forget that there are, there are, there are women and children around, especially children. And sure. it's, you got to, you got to pipe down at some point. You got to well, no, that's and, and I think that's, um, that's the way to go. Just, yeah, you know, chant, uh, boo. If you want to boo, that's fine, but keep it clean and, and just be respectful of people around you. And we, you know, that's
1: fair. And I mean, we, and we all have different standards, right? I've heard people, people sometimes when, uh, when they're around Eli, uh, you know, my, my four and a half year old, they'll drop the F bomb and then they'll apologize. And I'll be like, ah, oh, no, I don't have a problem with that word. And, um, and as a parent, people were like, really, I'm like, no, there there are certain words I definitely don't want him, want him using, but those are words that tend to be used, can only be used in a derogatory way, um, you know, so there are certain words that I'm like, I don't want those used around him at all because I don't use those words. Um, the R word is one of them. Um, I don't want people using that. It bothers me. I worked with people uh, who were developmentally disabled for, you know, 12, 13 years and um and learned firsthand just just how hurtful that word is um and so and there's really no reason to use it unless you're talking chemically you know if you're Mm. talking about science and you're saying this this you know or economically you know this retarded the growth of a thing then then sure i'm with you if you want to use it by that by that definition but um but to me there are certain words that there's really only one use for them and that is to put other people down and, uh, and so certainly I agree with you, Joe, that it's like, it's better to just avoid all of it when you're at sporting events, uh, especially when it comes to starting a chant, right. Um, mm. because I just can't imagine what it feels like to be in a stadium or an arena full of people or a ballpark full of people only to hear people chanting something that makes it clear that if they knew that you were part of uh, a, a specific demographic, that this chant is about you, right. That this, this mockery would be directed at you, mm. um, so, yeah. So that's soccer. Um, I guess next for me is NHL. A uh, lot to cover, so I'm going to try and do it kind of fast. Um, but uh, but I wanted to return quickly. Joe, you asked me quite some time ago why are the Islanders so bad.
2: I did, and I wanted Excellent to find the back, answer Chris. to
1: the question. Sorry.
0: Excellent callback. Yeah. I've no, no. 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 I back. hey,
1: I wrote it down <laughs> as soon as you asked the question because I had no intention of missing out on this. So I wrote down some things. Um. And and. For what it's worth, they, they are kind of on the upswing now. It's too little, too late, and I'll get to why. But basically what happened was they started out a season on a 13-game road trip, okay? And that's not easy for, for any team. Um, I think people expected uh, – Barry Trotz is a great coach. Uh, he's the coach of the Islanders. Um, I'm pretty sure that directly before that he was with the Predators. Um, and and clubs underneath Barry Trotz's leadership have, have always proven to be resilient. And that's been true of uh, before this season, the past two seasons, when they, when they, you know, when they they made deep, deep runs into the into the playoffs. Okay, um, so basically, people kind of expected that they almost pulled it off the last two years. This would be the year that they did it. And when they sort of started off slow, you know, people thought, okay, he'll, they'll bounce back this year too. There haven't been that many changes to the to the team, um, but the tough schedule sort of proved to be challenging for this group. Um, it picked up just five wins in its first 13 games um, and and for a while there it wasn't even better coming back home. So that was that was tough uh, because they did they advanced to the Eastern Conference finals the past two years um, and and at halfway through the halfway midway point through the season which we passed now, but the time they were 15, 16 and 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and much like the Canadians, uh, they really struggled to find the back of the neck. Uh, they had put up and again this is at the middle of the season, so my numbers are a little bit old, but they had put up a league worst 89 goals that far, thus far. Um that's you, you can't win if you're not scoring goals. You just you just can't do it. Um, you know, the game is is uh defense is defense is great, but I but defense doesn't win you championships. You need to be able to score goals. Your goalie can help you win championships for sure, but you need to be able to bury the puck and the Islanders weren't able to do it. Um so there was one issue with this team in recent years that, that it was its lack of star talent, okay? And and Trotz's defense systems allowed them to have success. But like I said, defense in hockey generally doesn't win you championships. You have to bury the puck. Um, you can't count on generally. You can't count on winning when you score only one or two goals. And this season, uh, the defensive system, Trotz's defensive systems, just didn't work. And I don't know if it's an outlier or or – outlier or or what we should expect from the group moving forward. Um, I haven't gotten to watch the Islanders a lot as they've been a little bit on the more on the upswing, but they have been scoring more goals, which is important. Um, But it was very, very disheartening because people, a lot of people viewed them as a cup contender this summer after the last two years they had. And again, they did lose a lot of games to COVID Uh, their schedule through the, through the remainder of the season became more compacted, especially in February uh, coming out of the all-star break. Um, so they get less rest. So it's kind of amazing that they've, they've done as well as they have coming out of the all-star break Um since it wasn't really that much of a break for them. Um, but it could mean good things for next season. Uh, but at this point, honestly, they're, they've got 56 points. That puts them nearly 20 points. This is, this is current. This is as of, as of today, um, excuse me, they, right now they've got 56 points that puts them nearly 20 points behind the Washington Capitals. They sit Washington Capitals sit pretty firmly on the final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. And we've been saying this for we as though I am one of the one of the commentators sitting up there with the NHL brass, but but um, but a lot of people have been saying, basically, the Eastern Conference has been set since, since the end of January, beginning of February. And that's still true now. Uh, the West is still very much up for grabs, but the Eastern Conference is pretty well decided. The reason we say that is right now the Islanders are at 56 points. Uh, Washington is at, I believe, 74 points, okay? So nearly 20 points ahead, and they're the ones in the final wild card spot, which means everybody above them has even more points than that. And at this point, the odds have made up a lot of their games. So they've got four games in hand on Washington. So at best, at best, they win all four games, they uh, they score eight points, eight league points, and then they nearly cut that point deficit in half. Not even in half, but nearly in half yeah, yeah. So there just isn't there just isn't enough time for them to catch up. So that's that's probably why the Islanders have been so bad is they leaned too hard on, Defense that didn't happen that 13 game road trip to start the season while uh, while their new arena was being uh, completed really really hurt them and then they got bit with COVID which put them behind everybody else
2: um, mm-hmm.
1: and then sort of compacted the rest of their schedule and again coming out of, uh, coming out of that making up those games they they've done okay for themselves and, they, and they're finding the back of the net more which is which is good they just they need to be able to carry that into next season um, or it's it's not going to get any better for them so that's that's the Islanders that's that's why they've looked so. So poor this season, I think. Chris,
0: Confluence
1: that was great.
2: of circumstances that just right they couldn't
1: overcome. Right, it's um you know you're seeing you're seeing some of that with the Toronto Maple Leaves right now. Um, they were the Maple Leafs were in great shape, um you know locked to make the playoffs and everything, but uh but they've just they've gotten bit by by some injuries. But everything is sort of happening at once, and uh, mm. I heard Elliot Friedman sort of compared it to um, Daffy Duck when you know uh, when the dam is breaking. And you're trying to plug every single hole <laughs> you're using your fingers, your toes, your I'm, beak, I'm
2: you, know, every, you know, every, you know, your
1: butt. Um, and the, and the Maple Leaves are just, they're, they're having difficulty doing it. And this is the worst time for that to happen. Right. So I think, I think that's what we saw from the Islanders in the beginning of the season. Um, and at some point you just do run out of appendages and you can't stop. Even if you plug the big leaks, you've lost too much water. So I, I think that's what happened to the Islanders. Um, but there's, 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 you know there's promise for them looking forward to next season um maybe they do some stuff before the trade deadline which i think at this point is in i want to say it's in like 8 days 9 days.
2: well i don't march know 21st. when this one is
1: going to drop but but in about a week um by the end of march we're going to you know we're going to see the trade deadline so it'll be it'll be interesting to see whether or not they they deal any capital i don't know much about their prospects right now um but we'll see we'll see there's reason to hope that next year will be next season will be better uh, especially as um, all things considered equal if COVID continues dropping off and things uh, continue to go back to a new normal.
0: Chris, that was great. That was really great. That, Thank you. That, Good, that, that's that's why
1: we have a desk now. That's why, right, that's, that's why we have a desk. Um, the Rangers are in great shape. They're locked for the playoffs. Um, it does remain to be seen. They haven't cut a deal by the trade deadline uh, as of as of recording, which is uh, what it's it's uh, we're Tuesday, March 15th. Um, so they haven't cut a deal yet, but I stand by the assessment. They're going to want to add a goal score before heading into the postseason. Again, Shosturkin's been ha- standing on his head. He's just been nuts. Um, there's talk that the Rangers are going to get rid of, a uh, um, Gorgiev, their, their goalie who, you know, thought he was going to be a starter. And then Shosturkin just blew that notion out of the water. And it's possible they move Gorgiev because he wants, to, he wants to be a starter, whether or not he's got the talent, uh, you know, is he has sort of yet to be seen. Um, but he's, uh, you know, maybe he sticks around for the end of the season, but it's it's likely that the Rangers are gonna get rid of rid of Gorgiev and see if they can maybe maybe get something in return for him. Um so, you know, we'll we'll see, but they do want a goal scorer before heading into the postseason. They've been doing better. They've been doing better at finding the back of the net lately, um, but they're really going to need to carry that into the playoffs to make some noise. So, uh, so, you know, we'll see, but right now they're in good shape. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. And so it's a matter of tuning their game and sort of, you know, amping themselves up. So that's the Rangers. Uh, the devils are well out of it. As I had mentioned, I think previously, uh, it's a shame they've got a really, really good young core. I think they're the, the youngest team on average. I think that I want to say they're 23.7 or 24.1 years old average across the team. Um, so they are they are the youngest team in the league and uh but they're fast which is not a which is not generally a thing for the devils so it's been really fun and interesting watching the devils play I'm still keeping up with them even though they're basically all but eliminated i mean they're below the the islanders in the standings um but you know it's it's interesting because they've looked really good too they've been able to beat teams uh like the blues like the avalanche. Um, they're beating top teams in the league and so they can really do impressive work it was just they had that stretch where Dougie Hamilton had broken his jaw and um and he was just a star defenseman for them he was just doing great work because he's an offensive star uh defenseman as well so he was scoring goals so not having him on the ice with his broken jaw he's back now which is good he looks like he's in good form but it's a little too late um losing losing um um Jack Hughes in the beginning of the season with his dislocated shoulder that hurt us because he's uh, he's just a rock star so I'm glad we've got him locked up but um, but that's been that's been interesting and then the Sabers are in a bit of an interesting position in terms of rounding out that last sort of New York uh, hockey team the Sabers are in an interesting position they're definitely eliminated from the playoffs uh, if not mathematically then realistically um, but they they now I stand by my assessment that they mistreated Jack Eichel the organization did him did him dirty. Um, the the NHLPA, the Players Association, basically came to an agreement. They signed an agreement that said the teams could determine what medical procedures players would take. And Jack Eichel wanted to basically fix his neck. He wanted to do it one way, and the Sabers wanted him to do it another. And that was where all the bad blood came from. He had asked for a trade before that. This the organization stood firm. They stripped him of his captaincy, which is a really bad look. It doesn't serve any practical purpose, but it does foster more bad blood. So Jack Eichel went over to the to the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and that looked like a coup for the Knights, uh, who were happy to add more star power in their pursuit of the Cup. Um, and then the Sabres got back a couple of players, and I want to say a draft pick or two. So it really looked like a big win for the Golden Knights, and the Sabres were happy to get rid of them just because it was, it was was they were due. Um, but... Uh, the Sabres in Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo, uh, I believe it was last week, uh, the Sabres took the Golden Knights apart. Now, I should note that the Golden Knights have been really faltering lately, uh, whereas they were a lock before and they weren't so worried about losing a game here, losing a game there. They'll find their form. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. Um, they're not fine anymore. They are in really, really rough shape now. Uh, they are in danger of of not making not making the playoffs. Um you know they're sitting right now. They've got a, uh, they've got 32 points. No, excuse me, they've got 68 points. Um, but they're followed very closely by the Canucks and the Anaheim Ducks, and even the San Jose Sharks are back there. Um, they've played 61 games, so it's not like they really have games in hand on anyone. So uh, they're in rough shape. And uh, the the two goal Jack Eichel did not score against the Sabers, and the two guys who scored goals for the Sabers were, you guessed it, the two guys who came over from Vegas. So. Um, it had playoff implications for the Golden Knights because they they needed the two points. I think that even you know they even settled for one point. They didn't get any of it. So I know they're in rough shape right now and they're not feeling good about it. That said, you know Jack Eichel as he continues to find his form is going to be a great boon to the Golden Knights. It's possible that both teams won here uh, on this trade because they're happy. They're going to be happy with Eichel, but it looks like the Sabers are finding a little more fire in their belly. Uh, certainly more than they've had most of the season or last season. Um, The fan base is interested. And uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting. The fan base is fired up. So the Sabres, you know, it's not going to be next year, but they've got some good prospects. Um, They've got some draft picks they can do some work with. So the Sabres might have, might have reasons to to be excited in the next couple of years, but, but probably not next year. Um, so that, that's our roundup of, of sports team of, uh, New York teams. Um, again, I think the, the blues continue to be a lot of fun to watch. If you can watch the flames, man, the Calgary flames are so much fun to watch. I've been pushing them out on our, on our Facebook page. Uh, the avalanche are really, really good at scoring goals, but, uh, there's a question of whether or not they're going to do anything by the trade deadline because, um, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, who's a huge, huge part of their plans, uh, is having, I believe it's season ending surgery. Um, so, uh, they can win without him, but can they make a deep playoff run? We don't know. Um, so, so that'll be that'll be interesting to watch. But I think there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good hockey going out there. You really you watch the Rangers. Um, they don't create a lot of offensive fireworks, uh, but I will say that that just watching Shosturkin work is it's amazing. It's it's just amazing, and it seems really unfair that the Rangers got Mike Richter, went straight from Mike Richter into uh, into Henrik uh, Lundqvist, and from Lundqvist they went straight into Shosturkin. I don't know how that happens, but uh, but you can really get into it when he starts <laughs> taking saves, and, and uh, the Garden starts getting rocked with chance of Igor, Igor, Igor. It's it's, it's, nice. it's yeah, it's it's entertaining. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of good hockey being played right now. So I'm gonna head over to my hockey highlights real fast before I return to something that's a bit of a, a heavier note. To end the NHL on. Um, normally, I'm trying to give you four highlights. This this is several months in the making because we're so behind. Um, I've actually only got three highlights for you. Um, there 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 are four and five and thirty and thirty two. Like there are other highlights to find, but. I only have the three you today. So uh, one is Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis blues. He has this great spinorama goal in the third g- period against the Chicago uh, Blackhawks. Uh, I'm, and we'll have the links for all this, right, James, I'll send them to you and we'll make sure. We yes. We'll
0: have the links. And even, right. we might even just post them in the Facebook group too. But we'll definitely put them in the Perfect. show notes too. Perfect.
1: Yeah, that's great. Uh, so Jordan Cairo is the, the rising star. I would mentioned him in one of my posts of whether or not he could, he could solve Shostakovich. Um, for that first game against the Rangers, he couldn't. But in that second game against the Rangers, I think the Blues came down on him 6-2. So the Blues the Blues had Shisterkin's number. They were going top shelf against him, uh, which they were just burying the puck in the uh, over his shoulder. You got to see some of these sniper shots. They're, they're great. Um, uh, so my number two highlight is Alex Killorn, um, of these uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, which, man, they're, they're just a nasty team. Uh, the only reason they don't necessarily win a third Stanley Cup consecutively mind you is because they've already won two. And that is, that is a very long, long time to be playing hockey. You know um, basically, if, if you're playing hockey and you win the Stanley cup finals, you're playing into June, which means you get July and August off and that's it. And then you're back to hockey in September, October. Um, and they've done this for the past two years running, you know, this is year number three. So it is. It is a very, very difficult pace to maintain. Um, you're a target for a lot of other teams. But anyway, uh, I mentioned it because Alex Killorn, uh in against the Devils, um, on, on uh, back in February, middle of February, um, has a has a, just a terrific, terrific goal. I'm looking forward to for, forward to sharing with you. Um, this was interesting. Not a goalie. Uh, normally, I give you like two goals and two saves. Uh, this is a save, but not a goalie. Uh, uh, Zabanajed of the New York Rangers. He has this save against the Blues in the beginning of March, March second. He has this save against the Blues to to bail out Chesterkin. It is great. I cannot wait to share this with you. But it is anytime you see a player save the puck, um, it, your heart stops a little bit, and and this is this is worth watching. So um, so those are my hockey highlights for the past couple of months. Um, even though, as I say, there there are a lot more. And then final little bit, uh, is, is a little bit heavier. And then I'm then I'm done with hockey. Um, the international hockey ice hockey federation, the IIHF has pulled events from Russia and banned both Russia and Belarus from participating in any I double IIHF events. So obviously this is complicated. We're not going to dig into the geopolitics of it here because there's a lot we don't know. Also, it's really a really sensitive issue and, and it, It deserves a lot of thoughtful conversation that we're not going to be able to do here and that I don't know that you necessarily want to get from us anyway. That said, um, for what it's worth when we talk about things we can and can't do to help halfway across the world, hockey is a very big deal in Russia. It is a very big deal. It is used in so many different ways uh, for influence, for leverage. There's a reason that um, Vladimir Putin is televised as scoring these goals and playing hockey in the first place. It matters. These things matter. Okay. We see it in the United States some too, right? Like when a, when a U.S. president goes and pitches the, the throws the first pitch at a baseball game, right. it, sports matters. Right. Um, so this is what sort of hockey is trying to do a thing. Hockey can do in response to Russia's unprovoked aggression and warmongering against Ukraine. That said, we're seeing because as we so often do we're seeing collateral damage here okay so like CCM hockey vowed not to use any russian players in its global marketing for the moment sponsors are running from the likes of alex Ovechkin. that's prob- that's that's problematic okay this is this is we're seeing a lot of discriminatory trash being said about th- these players these russian players and forgive my language but that shit has to stop it does Um, now Alex Ovechkin in the past has been a supporter of Putin. I understand that. I understand it's complicated. What's not complicated is that Ovechkin is a high profile athlete who still has family in Russia. Hmm. There are a lot of hockey players that still have family in Russia. Okay. Um, I believe that, that at this point, the last I read the Russian parliament was considering a sentence of up to 15 years in jail, 15 years for spreading, quote, fake news, end quote, about the war. So that's what's at stake for Russian players right now. Russian players, whether they're playing here or not, they have family and friends in Russia. So there's a lot at stake for them, and they cannot afford to speak out. So there's been a lot of condemnation of Russian players not speaking out against Russia. Um, you know, why aren't you saying this? Gotta stop. That has got to stop. They are not in a position to impact the war itself. Okay, they're not the ones pressing the buttons. They're not the ones holding the guns, and they have family underneath the rule of this dictator, right? right. So, um, you know, unfortunately, we're seeing we're seeing that it's not just we're seeing this this stigma attached to Russian players. Not only that, but there are rumors circulating that teams in the junior level leagues might not select Russian and Belarusian athletes in their import drafts later this year. It's not adults that 16 and 17 year old kids who might not get drafted because of this war. Now, if they're not playing in the United States, if they're not playing in North America, they're gonna play in Russia and they're gonna play in Belarus. And they're going to remember that they were discriminated against, not because of things they did, but because of who they are. So I understand the inclination. America has always been inclined this way. Um, whenever, whenever there's any sort of aggression, we've done it to basically every type or shade of person. It's got to stop. Um, so I, I mean, I, it's it's been good to see uh, NHLers standing up for other players. It has, but uh, you know, there was an instance a while back wherein um, when when America. In the wake of 9/11, decided to go to to war in Iraq, and there were people who who booed the American national anthem because they disagreed with the war, and there was an NHLer, and I'm not going to remember his name, and I apologize, but he stood up and he said, "I don't think that's fair. These people have nothing to do with the war, and you may disagree with it, but you don't you don't boo them." Turns out that player is Russian born, by the way. Just saying. So, um, so you know, I'm hoping that some of this ugliness goes away. I, I applaud what what the IIHF is is doing in some regard but um but unfortunately again it's leading this discrimination that there's there shouldn't be any place for it in the sport so uh that's that's all of my hockey stuff
0: no that was very that was very good Chris and I appreciate how you handled that um subject and that material and very well at the end there so thank you for that bringing that onto the onto the uh onto this episode yeah
1: Joe what do you think are we headed to football
2: uh yeah, can I just do a quick NBA? Uh, yeah yeah please. Uh, nice. uh, 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 well, basically, what's happening in the NBA now is that uh, here in New York, uh, KD is back. Kevin Durant is back. And last week against the Knicks, ex- <laughs> the Knicks beat them one ten to one oh seven to squeak out a win at the end. But he scored fifty three points in that game. So if you have a healthy Kevin Durant with a part time Kyrie Irving because he still can't play in, uh, in in the Barclays Center here in Brooklyn, but uh, he can play on the road. Um, hopefully the, the Nets will avoid the uh, the uh, pl- uh, the what do they call that the playoff uh, tournament? You know the teams that are uh, seven through eight, mm-hmm. seven through ten in the conference have to play their way in. Right now the the uh, Nets are eight, so they even have to play their way in. But I think they're going to rise up and get to the, a little further up in the conference, and they won't they'll they'll uh, avoid the uh, that tournament and they'll have a seat in the uh, in the uh, player playoffs. And I think that could be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. So uh, just wanted to get that in. Uh, and the, the Knicks, I, you know, let's leave. I don't want to talk about the Knicks. It's a gigantic <laughs> disappointment over last year. When I think of the Knicks, I lumped them with the Jets and the Giants and let's move on. So let's, <laughs> let's move on to the NHL. So some big things have been happening. We're right in the middle of, um, uh, the NHL, uh, free agent, uh, uh, you know, uh, frenzy, uh, coincide with the MLB free agent frenzy right now. So we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers first, Chris. Aaron Rodgers. Wrong. Well, right. Now, he did not sign for $200 million for four years. That was updated today. Uh, it was erroneous when they made that, that statement last week. He signed uh, for $150 million for three years.
1: Right, right. All of
2: it guaranteed, by the way, which is mm-hmm. very rare in uh, the NFL. Sure, yeah. So Mr. Rogers' neighborhood is getting bigger. So we'll, we'll just leave it at that. And uh, then the, the trade that blew me away uh, about a week and a half ago was Russell Wilson to the, to the Broncos. So what do you think about that, Chris? Just wanted to get your, your uh, feeling about that. You know, I
1: think I, I, I'm not surprised that, that Russell Wilson was traded away from the, the Seahawks. I think they wanted to try and get what they could for him. And man, what they got for him. Don't get me wrong. I, I, they have no idea what they're going to do at, at quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. But man, they just they got, a, they got a whole hole. Um, let, me, let, me, let me see if I can find exactly, exactly what they got. But it was just this insane amount of of draft picks and players. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was it was just nuts. Um and I, I sort of have to wonder you know, and obviously in making this these moves, right? In in making these moves, um it's clear that, that the Broncos think that they're one piece away in this quarterback. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um but let's see I ah, I've got it right here. The Broncos sent quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris Two first round picks, two second round picks, and a fifth round pick to the Seahawks. And what did the Broncos get? They got Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick. So, you know, it couldn't. Be, now, again, they don't they don't pay me the big bucks. Again, you fellas, my line is open, and I think my rate is very reasonable as long as you're willing to pay my partners Joe and James here. But I think we can give you some pretty some pretty useful advice at at perfectly reasonable rate um if you don't win a super bowl in the next 2 years yeah you've sacrificed the next 5 or 6 at least um yeah. that's that's a lot of draft capital that you've given away uh those are you know i'm not so concerned with you with you know trading a, a swapping quarterback for a quarterback cuz it's it's, I mean, it's not like he's going to get any work in, in um it's you know <laughs> in my opinion it's not as though Drew Locke is really going to find a new home in Seattle. That you know they like him and he likes them, blah blah. blah. But no offense, excuse me, the other player is no offense. A decent trade over um, that that uh, Seattle is happy to get. And and again, they they've got things. They've got draft capital now. They can trade it. They can use it. They can do all sorts of things that um, might help them avoid a total rebuild. The Broncos have mortgaged everything for, in my opinion, these next two years. Kind of
2: like what uh, what um, la did to and they and they did win the Super Bowl so sure. yeah, uh, this past season yeah. They but I also thought
1: LA was closer than Denvers and again, maybe I think they were, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but no, it's clear that Denver has a plan and it's clear they think they're basically one piece away. I disagree with that assessment, but I'm not on their staff, so yeah,
2: you, you know
1: so yeah, so I don't I don't like it, but if I, if I'm a Broncos fan, I am very, very upset. Um, not because I don't like Russell Wilson, but because it feels like we overpaid for a 33 year old who might not be done, but also could be done because he is 33.
2: Mm-hmm. Taking a lot of hits, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we got the um, is the is the Big Ben era over in in, in Pittsburgh? They signed Mitchell Trubisky, the Steelers. Yeah. The day, right, and I was I was hoping he was going to find his way into uh, uh, big blue, uh, you know replace daniel jones that's what i was looking for but that's not going to happen now obviously
1: yeah so i think he i think Trubisky works as a decent um decent placeholder over in pittsburgh i don't i don't know that he's you're going to rely on him for very long but at least you've got the position addressed uh that move indicates to me that they're not they're not picking anybody up in this draft that they like a quarterback um right. there's and there's just there's nobody else on the market so sure they'll take him and hope that at the very least he can be a game manager and make things work for them while they uh you know they try and try and get get going here uh, in the next the next year or two.
2: Mm-hmm. And as we get closer to home with the uh, the Jets and the Giants, the Jets are doing something right now. They did for uh, their current quarterback. They didn't do it for uh, uh, Donald. They're putting people around him that can protect him. They, they yeah, just picked, yeah. Uh, Three year deal with uh, Lake and Tomlinson, and they did resign Braxton uh, Barrios. So it's looking like the Jets have a a plan. Uh, uh to uh you know uh end this this dearth of uh this this incredibly bad period that they've gone through but the giants ah man they look they look they look rudderless. and the only good thing that happened to the giants uh in the last few days is they they got rid of Evan Ingram so he can go drop footballs for another team so i good you know, get, get him out of town let the door hit him on the on the ass on the way out good get away i don't need you give me somebody else to tight end. find somebody else to draft him by i don't give a damn Yeah, I've seen too many balls dropped. I've seen him not block when he was supposed to be blocking. So, uh, other than that, though, I'm very as a Giant fan. I'm not. uh, I'm not looking forward to that. Well, they also and they also
1: restructured a deal with Sterling Shepard.
2: They did that. So
1: he's got he's got you know it's a it's a one year deal. Um, I think it's a good move for the Giants. Um, Can he stay on the field? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he and he does. He needs to stay on the field, but um, and that's and that's tough. But at this point, too – uh. You know, I think you want to keep him around. I think he's he's if if you're gonna make anything happen, I think he's a, a, an important piece of that. Because otherwise, I don't I don't know who you're counting on at out Um, it's too bad. I liked I liked Ingram, but it was definitely time to move on from him.
2: I know you liked Ingram. Um, I didn't yeah, no, there
1: is there's but but you're right though. You're right though. There are enough balls hit the ground, and yeah. um and if he makes magic someplace else, fine. But at some point, you got to stop throwing good money after bad, and you have to go. All right, you know what we, we liked him, but he can't hold on to the football, and thus he is of no use to us. Yeah. Um, so so that that makes sense to that makes sense to me. Um, especially because if you're trying to, if you're really really trying to get Jones going, you really believe in him, you got you got to be able to give him a release valve. He needs more than just Shepherd on, in the slot, mm-hmm. and that generally m- means you you want a reliable tight end. Uh, that he can always Ooh. throw to as a safety valve, a guy who can who can run a short out or, or a nice little screen, and certainly, like you said, Joe, he needs to be able to block. So, um, yeah. so I'm good with keeping Sterling Shepard, and I agree it was just time to get rid of uh, Evan Ingram. But it, I uh, I don't think we've talked about this since the news broke about um, about um, oh gosh uh, Brian Flores and uh, and the Giants yeah, yeah. screwing that up so monumentally
2: they um, really did.
1: So, you know, it's hard for me to feel bad for them. I don't really want to see them do well. It you know, it taints uh, DeBall's, uh the, you know, the new the new Giants coach. It it taints him and everybody associated with this particular regime because they didn't make the choice, but they're they're now working for the organization that did. Hmm. Um and for anybody who doesn't know, basically Brian Flores, uh, Joe and I Joe, we talked about him a while back, right? Oh yeah. Um, you know, we'd hoped that the Giants would would pick him up as a new head coach because he got we thought uh, let go in Miami prematurely, and um, so they were interviewing him, and I was I was excited about that. But then it came out that Flores was going to be suing the Giants as well as a, as well as a couple of other teams. I believe it was the Broncos and the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Um, suing them because of discrimination, and you know the Rooney rule is already flawed the Rooney rule basically says you have to interview two two uh two black candidates um, given that the the like 75% of the players in the game are black and we have i think currently we have one tenured black head coach out of out of, out of all the teams just one in Mike Tomlin um, there's now two
2: there's now two yeah
1: there's now two um mm-hmm. But uh, but the reason the reason that's worth worth mentioning is because, you know, you might people might say, OK, well, I mean, he didn't get the job that doesn't necessarily make the Giants hiring practice racist uh, or discriminatory. And normally I'd say, yeah, it's not a good look, but I hear you, except for the fact that, like, there's this whole thing where he got a text message from Belichick uh, congratulating him on the job and he hadn't interviewed yet. And you go, and and so he had the interview two days after he got that message from Belichick. Belichick says, Oh, sorry, I, I this is the wrong it turns out it was the wrong Brian. He meant to text Brian DeBall coming over mm-hmm. from the Bills, which means the Giants had already made a hire.
2: Right. But
1: they kept a secret so they could interview Brian Flores to to fulfill the Rooney rule, even though he wasn't actually in consideration. So gross waste of everybody's time, a uh, horrible way to circumvent a rule that is supposed to diversify hiring and thus make your organization stronger because the studies have all shown diversification of organization that makes you a stronger organization. Um, you know, but just just heinous, just a heinous move by the Giants. So um, so it's hard for me to honestly give a damn what they do at this point.
2: Well, I will always be a Giants fan, but like I said, uh, that and other things that are going on right now, it's a rudderless of the ship and I don't know, I think it's lost in the uh, fog and it's about to crash lighthouse is out and it's about to crash on the banks uh somewhere and you know
1: you know if they had just called us i think (laughs) we were the lighthouse saying get offensive linemen but they ignored us so what are you gonna do
2: yeah and one last thing about the nba and it's you know he's back we know who i'm talking about right you mean the the nfl the nfl yeah 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 yeah. sorry (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i I think we do yeah i mean it's six months that was a short retirement six
1: no no, it's it hasn't week. been it hasn't been nearly that long. <laughs> it's been so two. Hard. It's
2: been two months, yeah. So
1: not and and even that is is I mean, I'm not even sure it's been exactly two months, but yeah, it's been like two months.
2: Some ridiculous short period of time when he's back. He says he has unfinished business in Tampa. Okay.
1: You, yeah. you know, you got that many, when you have that many Super Bowl rings and you hold all the records, I don't know when your unfinished unfinished business is. But uh, but I do I I hate it I hate I hate it hate it hate it. But
2: whatever happened to the Michelin inherit the earth? <laughs> right. I was really
1: looking forward to a league without Tom Brady,
2: but we all were. You know, it's it's all about him right now. Yeah. The league is still all about him. Yep. Yeah. So it was all about him
1: when he retired. It's all about him now that he is unretired, which means at some point he's ostensibly going to retire again. Yes. So uh, so great, more time spent talking about Tom Brady. Well, that's terrific. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i had to bring it up no no no, no. You, uh, yeah, I mean, you had to so it's, it's, it's news. yep that yeah. covers
1: us i agree with you that covers us what else uh what else we got here besides uh we did hockey we did soccer we did football what else we got joe we did Roll. some basketball
0: um i think yeah. we might want to wrap this part up for our, the pba you know do you want to do pba quick, that's real quick like
2: yeah. Joe yeah, yeah, okay. I got PBA. yeah so uh, let's see got, uh dominic barrett Uh, English uh, uh, professional bowler from Great Britain, won the Tournament of Champions uh, last week, and he becomes only the eighth bowler in the history of the sport to win the Triple Crown. And the Triple Crown is winning the U.S. Open, the World Championship, and the Tournament of Champions. And the seven guys he joined are all in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Belmonte, Billy Hardwick, Chris Barnes, Mike Alvey, Johnny Petraglia, and, uh, of course, Pete Weber. So I thought that was a great uh, coup for uh, Dominic Barrett. He's already bound for the Hall of Fame himself. This was his, his second or third major. So uh, kudos to, to uh, uh, Don, Don Barrett. Excellent. And E.J. Um, e. Tackett and Marshall Kent won the Roth-Holman Doubles Tournament. This was their fifth try at it, and they finally won it. And it was a great match. Uh, they, had, they had to come from the uh, the, the final seed that uh, worked their way up the stepladder to win it. So it was nice to see that. And at the World Series of Bowling, which commenced last week, uh, Chris Prather, uh, won the um, won in a roll-off against Jason Sterner, who had also run the table from the fifth seats to get to the uh, championship match. But um, the game ended in a tie, and the rule is it's a one-ball one, uh, one ball roll-off, uh, best ball wins. And um, Prater struck, and unfortunately, Sterner, who was in the pocket all day long, especially on that left lane where he finished, he just tugged the ball left and, and uh, got a six count. And it was really, it was really heartbreaking to see him lose that, but um, I like Prather too. He's a good young bowler. So that's where we stand in the the world of uh, the PBA.
0: Excellent, Joe. Excellent. You're
2: welcome.
0: So uh, we're going to wrap this episode up and you're probably thinking, wow, this is a short sports episode and we did not talk about baseball. Well. (laughs) It's because we are, we are having a special bonus second episode today that'll be following this episode. So you can, if you finish this episode right now, you can jump right to that where we're going to have a special guest. I'll let you wait until you get to that episode. Um, but before we wrap this segment up and jump to the uh, next episode, I want to, of course, thank uh, my two uh, sports experts, um, Chris and Joe. So thank you, Chris. My pleasure. Thank you, Joe. Oh,
2: you're welcome and
0: uh, as always if you have thoughts and you want to see the hockey highlights and all those things the Secret Origins of Mink Condition Facebook page is where you can find us Uh, we also have the Instagram Secret Origins MC and if you'd like to email us with your questions thoughts ideas whatever Secret Origins MC at gmail.com and uh, we will see you in the next part of our special sports spectacular today so we will talk to you soon